Welcome back to Tectotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Polly Rodriguez. She's the co-founder and CEO of Unbound. This is Tectotopia. I'm talking to small business owners right now. It's time to be honest about how we feel when dealing with our day-to-day admin work. We cannot stand it. It is a total grind. The truth is, over 5 million small business owners felt exactly the same way until they discovered FreshBooks. FreshBooks is the dead simple cloud accounting software that's transforming how small business owners to handle their paperwork. Using FreshBooks, you can create an invoice in 30 seconds. There's no formulas or formatting, just perfectly crafted invoice. With FreshBooks Online Payments, your clients can pay you online, which means you end up getting paid faster. There's also a super handy deposit feature. You can invoice for a payment upfront when you're kicking off a project. And finally, FreshBooks can even show you whether or not a client has looked at the invoice that you've emailed. This is only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do for you, and you owe it to yourself to feel the full effect of FreshBooks on you and your small business. For a 30-day free trial, just go to freshbooks.com tech and enter Tectotopia in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Technotopia, the podcast about a better future. I'm John Biggs. Today on the show, we have Polly Rodriguez. She's the CEO and co-founder of Unbound. Uh, Polly, welcome. Thanks. Excited to be here. So tell me what Unbound is. Uh... Unbound is a sexual wellness company for women. So specifically, we make vibrators, lubricants, and accessories, and we sell those to people all over the world. Okay. Um what's the what's the high what's the high tech uh what's the high tech uh, trend in in all this kind of stuff um i wow there are a lot of different ways to answer that <laughs> yeah, exactly and, and i guess it dep- it's funny sometimes i'll talk often when i talk on different you know panels or podcasts or anything like that people always immediately want to talk about kind of sex robots and VR and all of these high-tech uh, innovations that are happening. And I think actually the biggest innovation is happening at more of a human level mm-hmm. and it's less tech-heavy and it's more how do we make human sexual health and wellness less taboo and how do we give people permission to explore their bodies and enjoy their bodies without feeling shame. Um, so to me, that's the most innovative part that's taking place. And I think e-commerce and, um, you know, all the ways in which we can now create content and the, and the, you know, barriers to creating content have become so low that you can tell narratives and stories and access customers in ways that are less cost prohibitive. And so you see emerging brands, um, that are telling new narratives in, in a different light using technology. Sure. So, there's, I mean, there's, I guess there's multiple ways to think about uh, using technology in this. I mean, there's obviously the the new vibrator companies and all these, all these things you can connect with uh, Bluetooth and all that other good stuff. Uh, but I think that's interesting to hear about the narratives. What are some of the narratives that you're seeing uh, around these products and around sexuality in general? I think for us, it's focusing on. We really try to focus on how do we give the average woman permission to shop in the category, and I think. For us, Instagram is huge. Email marketing is huge. Um, chat functionalities. People have just a lot of questions when it comes to this part of their lives. And I think to the extent you can make content relatable and accessible, um, it really closes that education gap so that consumers want to purchase the products when they feel 
informed as opposed to being intimidated by what is this product, where does it go, and how does it work? How is this different from uh, standard marketing techniques, or is it just basically the same kind of thing? I think for us it's different in that we're really trying to take it mainstream and from a female perspective, and by cutting out distributors and selling direct-to-consumer, the you know model that we've seen over and over again from Casper and Warby Parker and all these direct-to-consumer brands, um, that is particularly a problem in this category because you have manufacturers who dominate um, the category itself and then historically really fragmented retail mom-and-pop shops. And so you have distributors who are taking at least 40% in the middle to essentially take the products from the manufacturers and then allocate them to these small mom-and-pop shops. But over time, we see that People are wanting to shop online from the comfort of their home and the, you know, distributors are no longer needed when you can, you can buy directly from the manufacturer. So for us, it's about affordability and, and being more thoughtful in design. I think you see a lot of vibrators on the market that are really phallic, that are made of plastic, that are cheap, that have toxic, um, components to them. And so for us, it's body safe materials that are not necessarily phallic because from a biological perspective, they don't need to be because 70% of women need clitoral stimulation in order to orgasm. Um, so it's, it's making these products accessible from a price point and design perspective. Okay. What does, uh, what does the world look like when we use, when we start using all these tools, what's, what's going to change, uh, in terms of relationships, um, and in terms of, um, interaction, I guess. Yeah, I think um, we really focus on women who I, I there's unfortunately not a ton of research and data on human sexuality because of how stigmatized and taboo it is. And so I think women, we tend to take male sexuality as a given. And for women, I think it's often an afterthought. And so we really focus on how can we make sure that the first time a woman does have sex, that she really does understand her body, knows what she enjoys, and can speak to that? Because I think that goes on to inform how you provide consent, how you enjoy interactions with a partner and by yourself. And I personally believe that there is a great deal of fulfillment in an individual enjoying their own body be it running, be it meditation, be it yoga or masturbation. I think all of those things are components of a really healthy lifestyle. And so I think we really focus on how do you give women permission to not feel embarrassed and guilty and ashamed about wanting to enjoy their body. And I think when they do feel good about that, then it's much easier to have conversations with a partner about how to feel fulfilled in that part of your life. Um, but it's, it's not easy. I mean, I certainly still, you know, I, I preach this every day and, and it's, 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 it's a multi-step program, if you will. I think it takes time and it's, there's still a lot of barriers and stigmas that we're fighting against. What's going to break those down? Uh, is it, is it the internet in general? Is it what you guys are working on or is there something more societal that we need to think about? It's all of that. I, I mean, you look around at everything from the Me Too movement to Time's Up, and it takes the collective group of women saying, like, I'm not going to apologize for this anymore. This is something I'm entitled to. This is something culturally I feel is my right. And I'm not going to be embarrassed to ask for what I want, um, be it, you know, equal paycheck or 
what you want in the bedroom. I think women are uh, culturally fed up. And then I think technology makes things more accessible. Um, I think as we innovate faster, like for us, a lot of our prototypes are done on 3D printers. So that cuts out costs. So you're able to get to market faster and offer a lower price point, which in a country where the distribution of wealth is insane, we really focus on affordability. And how do you get these products in mainstream America so that everyone can afford them and they don't have to have like a $200 price tag on them? Hmm. Okay. How are we going to fix the, the traditional stigma of this kind of stuff? Uh, usually it's the store down the way that nobody goes to, but everybody goes to. Uh, is it, I mean, one way is obviously mail order, but how do you just, how do you get people started to, to, uh, to be interested in it? We focus a lot on, well, we try to understand what are the dynamics, because to your point, people are currently buying these products. So what are the dynamics at play now and how can we amplify those, rebrand them and make them feel like a better experience? So we learned that um, a very large percentage of women were receiving these products as a gift from friends. And so we really focus on how can we amplify that referral process to make women feel good about telling their friends, hey, like buying a vibrator isn't weird. I think you're going to love this. And I think it's going to make your life tangibly better. And so we really focus on branding and marketing that amplifies that so that people want to feel good about telling their friend about this brand that they fell in love with. And so you know, it's what you saw, like Dropbox do, it's what you saw a, a lot of companies do refer a friend style marketing. I think for us, it's, it's tricky because it's a category that people aren't necessarily super excited to shout from the rooftops that they're purchasing in. And so we think about how can we really double down on our values as a company so that when women share this brand, they feel good about it. Um, so that's kind of how we think about uh, growing uh, customer to customer. Okay. Let's go to a quick commercial here and then we'll pop back in, in just a second. One of my favorite online services, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash TNO or text TNO to 500-500 to get started. You can check out my book, Marie Antoinette's Watch on Audible, get it for free, and download it and start listening immediately. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash TNO or text TNO to 500-500 to get started. All right, so this is my, this is my favorite question to ask, and this is something that we can start riffing on uh, in general. What does human sexuality look like in 20 years? Uh, if all things, if things keep going the way they're going? I think in 20 years, we'll have a much different view into relationships. And I think, I don't know that it's human sexuality so much, but I think the nuclear family, as we think of it, ideally will evolve to be different. I think you are starting to see this where couples and individuals are questioning is monogamy the only, you know, way that I can interact with my partner. And I also think less people are going to feel the societal pressure to be married to one individual for the rest of their life. I think there are a lot of environmental factors that influence that as well. Um, when we begin to realize that the world could be better off from a sustainability perspective, if there aren't as many people on it. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So I think I think human relationships will evolve in that way. And then I think you'll start to see technology augment experiences in a way that doesn't feel so um, it feels more natural. So design forward thinking, fashion forward thinking, where these products are more camouflaged with our lives and it doesn't feel like such an overt experience to have to reach for your grab or grab for your vibrator. And it kind of is part of your everyday life in a way that's a little bit more natural than it is today. Hmm. So interesting. So, I mean, is there, is the, is it because the stigma goes away or is it because it's easier to use or is it because the tools are different? What's the, what's, what happens there? It's a culmination. I think that the technology will improve. Ideally we'll be able to start creating motors that are actually smaller, uh, but still high quality so that they can fit into jewelry. You can wear them. They can be something that isn't so I'm hiding this in my, you know, bedside table, but more so something that's beautiful in the same way fashion is beautiful and people want to put things out on display. And so I think you'll see products improve. And then I think you'll also see uh, the stigma decrease and women kind of being proud to use these products in the same way that you're proud to go to the gym and work out. Um, So I, I think it's a value shift and I think it's an increase in quality of product. Okay. What about uh, what about uh, relationships in general? Your your the idea that the idea that we'd have I don't know polyamory and all kinds of other uh, uh, exciting stuff is I guess against the grain in general, but it's not so against the grain and maybe out in San Francisco. Uh, but trying to tell people that story is fairly difficult. How do we start telling people that story? How do we start telling uh, young people that they don't have to? Not subtle, I would say, but uh, but there's there's plenty of room for experimentation in, in relationships. I mean, I come from the Midwest, so I grew up in St. Louis, and by the time I was 25, the vast majority of my peers that I, you know, went to high school with were married, mm-hmm. and I think it's been interesting to see that in juxtaposition of my life here in New York, where most of my friends are not married, and I think when in particular, women are given access to education and careers and and want to pursue those things, there will be a more natural shift in perhaps not wanting to settle down and, you know, not pursue a career. And so, especially as you see fertility and that whole world exploding, women are given more options where it's, you know, you don't have to make a decision. Am I going to get married and have kids because my biological clock is running out? And so I believe that it all starts with women and believing in women and giving them more options. And then that leads to uh, more variety of relationships. And I don't think it's going to happen overnight. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think 20 years from now, everyone's going to be in a you know, polyamorous relationship. I just think you're going to see women be given more options to where they're not limited based on biological constraints. And I think on the flip side of fertility, there's birth control and making that accessible to women everywhere so that you don't see young women having children because they have no other option. And so I think those are two huge innovations that ultimately will change what relationships look like. Okay. So this might be a little bit cynical or dystopian, but what do you, do you agree with some of the, uh, some of the visions where, uh, young men especially are basically lured away from human contact by realistic, uh, facsimiles, uh, whatever, sex robots or whatever you want to call them, uh, or maybe even VR. Is that a, is that a concern or do you think the, uh, or do you think the, the, the impetus to, to be human is going to win here? I think the impetus to be human will always win. Mm-hmm. I think whenever there's a techno- technological innovation 
Well, one of the first things that comes to mind is how can I have sex with it? I mean, that's just been (laughs) since the dawn of time. And with every innovation, the fear is always, will this replace our need to connect as animals? And I, I don't think that that ever goes away. I think whether it be a newspaper or a movie or a TV screen or an iPhone, there's always going to be a consumption factor where we want to be entertained, we want to be aroused, and we want to just purposefully not connect with humans. But then there's always going to be the pull and the draw towards human connection because we're an animal and we're a you know species that thrives in a clan culture. So I don't think sex robots are going to, you know, I don't think the movie Her is going to become reality, but I do think we'll see an evolution of what that form of entertainment looks like and people will opt in to experience it. Um, But no, I don't think human connection is going away anytime, anytime soon. Anytime soon. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting question. Like, what what happens if uh, what happens if AR VR becomes essentially where we live uh, for the rest of our lives, and it's going to be kind of weird. Um, so let's close out with uh, with a few more ideas in terms of education for uh, for men and women. What sorts of uh, education would you like to see, uh, even especially in schools uh, where people are saying to themselves? This is how to be more emotionally uh, open, how to how to interact with people, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it's interesting. I, I do think technology has in a lot of ways decreased our emotional intelligence and our ability to read a room and to understand how someone's feeling through something as simple as facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And I think that's at one end of the spectrum. I think at the other end of the spectrum, you have sex ed, which historically in many states is abstinence only. And I just think we need to take a more honest, realistic approach to what sex ed should look like in this country. Um, People have sex most often because it feels good. And so we should be educating for that. And we should be educating for how to do that safely. And I think specifically for women, what are the, you know, parts of their bodies that do drive the most enjoyment and pleasure, because that's a completely absent discussion when women are being educated relative to sexual health and wellness. And so I think teaching women what a clitoris is, teaching women how to masturbate and that it's not bad. Um, I know it sounds radical, but it's really not when you think about Mm -hmm. how we all take male masturbation as just a given. Um, And that a recent study from Indiana University came out in that over one in five women have actually never touched themselves. And so I think if you were to do a similar study on men, I would venture to guess that that number is much lower. And so how do we how do we educate so that women don't aren't so afraid of their bodies um, and, and enjoy them and, and by extension, enjoy sex more? All right, Polly, thank you for this. What's the what's the website where people can find out uh, what you're working on? We are unboundbabes.com. All right. We'll send folks over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. Check Thanks for out. having me. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate yeah, this because this, uh, this is a big part of the future that nobody wants to talk about. It's all uh, space cars and, uh, and, I don't know, the economy collapsing into rubble, uh, but nobody talks about, uh, I don't know, lubrication. Yeah. Right. Gotta have lube, man. <laughs> Gotta have lube. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Paul. Thanks, John. Thanks. Technotopia is brought to you by Happy Fun Corp. Happy Fun Corp is a design-driven technology company in Brooklyn, New York that specializes in building mobile and web applications for startups and Fortune 500 companies. 
Whether it's a new mobile or web application that will help people experience the internet in a fun new way, or software that will interface with a new piece of top-secret hardware, Happy Fun Corp is always up to the challenge. Big or small, Happy Fun Corp loves building software and loves working with great people. Come build with them. HappyFunCorp.com.